3: Paying tribute to Officer Christopher Fitzgerald, killed in the line of duty, 31 years young. His widow, loved ones, the community, what appears to be thousands, gathering in Philadelphia to say their final goodbyes to Temple University policeman Christopher Fitzgerald today. So that procession carrying the the fallen officer, as many describe, although he was executed last Saturday in the line of duty. But it began this morning, 6 o'clock this morning, from Academy Road there in the northeast, making its way this morning to the Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul on Ray Street in Center City, the motorcade passing officer Fitzgerald's home in Mayfair, before heading to... Temple University and the Temple Police Station there in North Philadelphia. Then reaching the Cathedral Basilica, Temple Police carrying the flag-draped casket inside. And the funeral service, which will include today the eulogy delivered by the governor, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, the entire city grieving, flags flying at half-staff. This morning, you know, I watched the, the crowds of law enforcement from across the country, tears streaming down their faces. We feel the pain across the country as this man being hailed as a community hero, somebody who not only was known as a dedicated law enforcement officer, but a loving father of five children, and as well, somebody who worked in the community. The bell tower on Temple's campus lit up in blue and a billboard in Officer Fitzgerald's memory is on display in Pennsauken, New Jersey. In fact, billboards across the region paying tribute. Good morning, I'm Dawn Stensland. We're covering and we want to pay tribute and give full honor to Officer Fitzgerald and all who serve who protect and serve. And you think about this family, not just the family, but I'm talking about the immediate family, yes, but the law enforcement community and Philadelphia, as we recognize what happened. And I think this week, as we are just a couple hours before our own Dom Giordano will interview and talk about and, and lead this debate among those candidates who wish to be Philadelphia mayor, certainly it's lost on none of us that Dom is talking to these candidates for the job, applying for the job of Philadelphia mayor on the day that we bury a young police officer who was killed in the line of duty. And, and the way that this went down was a brutal killing, according to the surveillance video, according to authorities and investigators. As they say, a teenager who just turned 18 with a, Sketchy background that was familiar to law enforcement. Teenager reportedly standing over the officer as he had already been shot once and continued to fire repeatedly, fire into the the head and the body of this officer, the culture of crime in Philadelphia. And so no doubt as we look at and we turn to leadership and hopefully higher quality leadership In Pennsylvania, in in the city of Philadelphia, uh, this is heavy on our hearts and our minds. And this, as you'll notice, as we talk about mayoral candidates, nobody wants to align themselves with or support the current district attorney, Larry Krasner, or his failed policies. All of this on display as we pay tribute to Officer Fitzgerald. Let's begin with. The latest reports, and and we'll begin, I believe, with CBS 3 telling us about the funeral procession and talking about the service that's happening right now at the basilica. Listen in. Once the procession leaves the funeral home, it will travel down Roosevelt Boulevard, then make a detour into the Mayfair section where it will pass by Officer Fitzgerald's home. From there, it makes its way to I-95 South, eventually exiting at the Vine Street Expressway and then to the basilica. And so that's As the, the procedural the report I just talked about. To... So I'm going to interrupt this and and stop it. So w- we'll tell you moving forward about what's happening inside. And, and the the tributes um, that are being paid to officer Fitzgerald a very emotional day you know as far as Temple University they have released information about what they want to do for the family is that goFundMe page and all of the all of the efforts to raise money right for his five children they continue and to exceed um, for $400,000. They hope to raise at least $700,000 for this family to to hopefully support these kids and their education and future. But Temple University is saying that they will pay for Officer Fitzgerald's funeral as well as provide free tuition for his five children, the four children with his wife, Marissa, who you've heard from, and also from his seven-year-old son, Christopher Jr., um, with with another uh, lady with Jessica Ocasia um, outside of the, the marriage there. Let's listen in to a bit about the seven-year-old Christopher Jr. and its a it's a story that's really captivating so many hearts and minds as this little boy talks about his father in heaven. Listen in. I miss you, Daddy.
0: 7 year old Christopher Fitzgerald Jr. and his mom sat down with Action News just days after losing their beloved hero.
4: He wanted to help people. He wanted to save people. Like, that's the only way he was going to be happy.
0: Jessica Ocasio's phone rang Saturday night. That's when she instantly knew something was wrong.
4: When I answered the phone, the first thing I said was, "It's, it's Chris, isn't it? It was the
0: next day she had to tell Christopher Jr. that his dad is now watching over them.
4: I want him to look at it as a positive thing that daddy's happy and daddy's in heaven. She recalls
0: their last conversation. It was just hours before he was shot and killed.
4: And the last thing daddy said to him was, "I love you, son." Love it. For Christopher
0: Jr., he looks up to his dad. My daddy and me. He wants to be like him when he grows up. A hero. It's just a job where you get to like save people and arrest um, bad guys. Did you think it was cool that he was a police officer? Yeah, and
4: that's what I want to be when when I go up.
0: If you could say something to your dad right now, what would you say to him? I'll say um, I love you. Although Officer Fitzgerald is no longer here, Ocasio says he died doing what he loved, protecting and serving the community. I'm gonna just put this on, on on Daddy. Since he died, um, I'm happy because he's in heaven. As the memorial continues to grow out here, the family prepares to lay him to rest. Reporting in North Philadelphia, Brianna Gallagher for Action News at 10 on PHL17.
3: And so, you know, we we know that this funeral procession and proceedings are essentially shutting down streets in the area of the Basilica and around the Ben Franklin Parkway until 2 o'clock this afternoon. So we just want to give you that heads up as far as a traffic alert. But we know that um, the funeral, the official funeral process- proceedings, the funeral mass, I should say, begins at 1130 today. And then the actual, the private burial will follow that. So uh, that's why a lot of the road closures remain in place until 2 o'clock this afternoon Oh, it, and so it's a sad day. I just I feel like and you can pay tribute, you can call in about this, but I it's important with everything going on and there is so much going on that we want to get to, but it's important that we make sure that we we lead with we lead with this tribute and we continue to keep the Fitzgerald family and our police community in our in our prayers and our hearts and our minds on this Friday morning. This is also the one year Anniversary, if you will, commemoration. I hate to say anniversary because that's more celebratory, but the commemoration really since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And we're learning more that another $2 billion in brand new aid will be heading to Ukraine. And we'll talk about that. And also what country singer Brad Paisley, I'm a fan, releasing this new song, Same Here, featuring Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Who is uh, speaking out about his country and his people? The song doesn't name Zelensky, and he's not singing his name. It's so, but it's also more about freedom. But this is Paisley's first from his new record, "Son of the Mountains," released later this year on Universal Music Group Nashville. So Paisley, as you may recall, we played some of his music as we. Um, because he had visited the U.S. troops in Afghanistan, you may recall. So he's now said he's been invited to Ukraine as well, but somebody who sings beautifully about freedom. And there's other news of the day, financial news, and not great news. Um, These numbers, new numbers out today, suggesting that inflation accelerated to start the new year, putting the Fed, unfortunately, in the position where it is likely to continue to raise interest rates, so tough economic news just out this morning with that core personal consumption, expenditures, price index. I know that's a mouthful, right? But that's the uh, the PCE number, as it's called, increasing uh, 6% for the month, for last month, month of January. These numbers just out and was up 4.7% from a year ago. So that means headline inflation increasing 6% and 5.4% respectively. All of these numbers higher than all of the estimates. So we didn't anticipate that this would be, um, you know, it's it's not great news. And we've loved to hear any good news and looking toward that, a tough economy as we still come out of the pandemic. So we'll talk about all of this moving forward. I want to talk a little bit more real quick here. There's a lot of breaking news and a lot of de- developing stories. And I hope you stay with us as my husband, Larry Menti, Larry will be joining us in the 11 a.m. hour. And we might in between have a call from uh, somebody who's a presidential hopeful. So that may be happening in between now and then. But Larry will talk to us about, for example, um, the presidential runs on both sides, as well as talking about Ukraine, among the other issues in the mayoral race, something that Larry has hosted these, you know, these mayoral debates over the years for sure. So he'll give us his unique perspective. He lives and breathes. Um, political research and all this good stuff. So Larry coming up ahead. But I want to get to a report that Anthony has been telling me about. Anthony Dorenzo, our executive producer, has said, we got to do this, you know, the story about the TikTok viral video and, and all of the news with certain vehicles in particular. And we have some updates on this. So I believe you have a report on this, right, Anthony, about the vehicles that are vulnerable in, and and that's why they're being carjacked. And it comes down to a TikTok video apparently giving folks a heads up on a tutorial, basically, on how to easily steal these particular vehicles, Hyundai's. Right.
5: Yeah. I mean, Kias. that's consistently been a problem. It's, it's a Kia boys was the original TikTok trend. And I know that TikTok and other social media platforms, they've been working toward uh, mitigating it. But I know, I think you mentioned this morning that they're not even going to put on new deals for any of the, the cars uh, that are a Hyundai or a Kia, which I mean, they're pretty pretty common cars and a lot of people still aren't even aware of this entire problem uh they've been following it locally and nationally Mm -hmm. but fox 29 actually reported on this and gave an update locally listening
6: home surveillance video shows a person busting out the dance moves but kelly mcdade says he's part of a ploy to steal her red kia after about a minute he walks over to mcdade's car then the lights turn on as he runs off like dancing
4: Um. And then he apparently breaks the back of our car window. And then him and another kid come back 45 minutes later, and my vehicle is gone within three minutes of them gaining entry. And my car we had just purchased, we had just been the first in.
6: For months, Kias and Hyundais have been targeted by thieves after a how-to video was posted on TikTok. This past Sunday, surveillance video in Fishtown shows a group stealing a Kia Optima. The suspect's feet dangling in the air as he dives in through the back window. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says Kia and Hyundai now have theft deterrent software for millions of vehicles, which extend the length of the alarm sound and requires the key to be in the ignition switch to turn the vehicle on but I just feel like it's a little too late. Kia and Hyundai have been working with law enforcement to provide thousands of steering wheel locks since November, including departments in our area, like Jenkintown. Hyundai uh, uh, provided us with 48 locks. We've given out probably 10 already, uh, and we've only had them, uh, we only publicized it about a week ago, so you can see that uh, citizens are really concerned about them losing their vehicle. Data from the Philadelphia Police Department says less than 50 days into the new year, more than 25 hundred auto thefts have been reported 25 years have been doing this we never had this many stolen cars in our area two weeks later mcdade finally manages to get into a rental and her kia was found the morning after it was stolen the back window punched out
3: and damage everywhere not even
4: three miles from our house crashed and left in a uh, laundromat parking lot
3: and this is why Hyundai and Kia now face this new class action lawsuit over these car thefts. So obviously, obviously the, the car makers are offering, if you want to go and get your car fixed, that it's an immobilizer issue, they will fix it for free, right? But the problem is, for people who didn't realize this, had no idea, what do you do now? So Hyundai and Kia have announced that they have developed this theft deterrent, so- deterrent software, For the millions of their vehicles that lack the so-called, you know, security immobilizer, but and they'll and they'll provide that free of charge for you, and and this is all part of the reason that State Farm and Progressive insurance companies like them have quietly decided they're no longer issuing insurance policies for some of these vehicles, especially twenty fifteen through twenty nineteen Kias and some Hyundai models. Why? Because they were just too easy to steal. So they said, uh, "Sorry, we're not going to cover this." So the deal is now we have this now a class action lawsuit over this, especially for those b- victims, carjacking victims that or car theft victims that you just heard from that are saying, "Hey, we we how do we recoup our money?" And our insurance company is either dropped us suddenly or is not going to cover it. So they're seeking unspecified damages as well as injunctive relief, I'm quoting from this lawsuit, and it also seeks to represent future plaintiffs. This is going to be a huge class action lawsuit. It impacts vehicles leased or purchased between 2011 to 2022. Those are the Kias, and as far as Hyundais, these are from the years 2015 through 2022. Any of these vehicles during those years that had this so-called insert and turn key ignition systems. So obviously the brand new ones, you know, 2023 moving forward, they fixed the issue. And if you have one of these vehicles, we're talking about millions of vehicles out there. If you have one of these vehicles, you can take it in and they will free of charge, they'll fix everything but this class action lawsuit now popping up. So we will continue to update you on that issue as well. There's so much developing, so much happening. We want to get to all of it, and we want to hear from you. eight five five eight three nine twelve ten 839 1210 at Dawn Stensland on Twitter. This morning another story we are following is a, a mommy her 2-year-old 2-year-old daughter are among those shots. and then five boys teen boys ages 13 to 17 shot it happened right near a school it, it it's every day we're reporting on this we do have the latest news report as I'm not hearing about suspects under arrest but we know that all all seven shot survived so far, condition stabilized and in the hospital right now. A two-year-old and and a mommy apparently caught in the crossfire. Let's uh, let's listen into the latest news report. All this needs to stop so
2: far. It hasn't multiple shootings have happened this week in Philadelphia. Two of them ended with teenagers in the hospital. All of this happening while people mourn the death of a local officer Who was also gunned down five days ago more than 30 shell casings here at 31st and norris streets in strawberry mansion philadelphia police say seven people were shot just before six this evening five of the victims are teens ages ranging from 13 to 17.
1: i saw one of the kids that was shot he just wanted to get to his parents and I just was like, it's an ambulance right here. Get an ambulance.
2: The two other victims, a 31-year-old woman and her 2-year-old child. All these individuals were standing behind us on the corner. There were some people inside of a vehicle. There were some people on the sidewalk uh, when the shooters approached. Uh, we don't believe that all of the victims at this point were intended to. Commissioner Danielle Outlaw says this area of the 22nd District is relatively quiet, but also noted that recently the department assigned more officers to several districts, including this one, where they've seen crime spike over the last three years. She says they'll continue to enforce the law and called on adults to do the same. Our shooters are getting younger and younger, our victims are getting younger and younger, and they have guns. If you know that this young person has a gun, of course it's illegal, in your home, you can report that. You can do that anonymously, uh, you can call 911, whatever it is, but we have to get the guns out of the hands of these young people. Officers cleared most of the scene in two hours. This neighborhood, seemingly calm, but fear and frustration
1: is still here. It frightens me to... Even want to step out and speak. Whoever has the money to get out of the community, you know, that we live in, because they trying to get us out of here anyway. Just go somewhere else. Yeah, and
3: so just to update you on their conditions, we know the 2-year-old little girl shot once in her left thigh. Uh, so she's at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. She's at CHOP where they've stabilized her condition. A 13-year-old boy shot in the hand And he's also at CHOP. 15-year-old boy shot twice in his chest. So he was taken to Temple University Hospital. And uh, he's in stable condition as of this morning. Then a 16-year-old boy shot in his arm, also at Temple, listed in stable. Another 16-year-old boy, can you believe this, Uh, shot in his right arm and his right thigh. He's at Jefferson, listed in stable as well. And then there's a 17-year-old. Uh, suffering a graze wound to his thigh and he's at uh, Jeff- Jefferson University Hospital in stable condition as well. As far as the 2-year-old's mommy, the 31-year-old woman, she was shot twice in her thigh and she is also at Temple University Hospital in stable condition. And we're told that the teen, all those teenagers ages 13 to 17 are in in school, they're students within this Philadelphia school district of Philadelphia. And you heard there that the police commissioner is saying that they're, they're not sure if this group was caught in the crossfire and maybe were not the intended victims, certainly not all of them. So police are now looking, they're searching for three male suspects. And if you, I'm looking at the video and they've released this three male suspects, they were pulled up. They were in a silver four door a silver gray four door Hyundai Elantra and it looks like the the tag might the Pennsylvania tag might have been partially covered up big uh, big shocker there but it's a maybe a 2016 Hyundai we don't know if that was a stolen vehicle you can remember just our earlier conversation about Hyundai's being e- easy to steal but these thugs who you see they're dressed all all in dark clothing, dark hoodies, masks covering their faces, and they all have um, handguns. So they jump out of the vehicle, doors open, and they just open fire on a busy street right during the dinner hour, right near school as well. So this is an active police investigation, no arrests made. They're asking for the public's help. And they continue to release new surveillance images, still shots and video just trying to get somebody to please come forward to catch these three armed, dangerous suspects, get them off the street. This is just partially, you know, part of what we're seeing happening in our region. Another story I want to get to really quick here um, is the update on a story that it happens over the weekend, actually. It's a grocery store manager shot on the job, fighting for his life in critical condition this morning after he was shot in the face. So now Philadelphia police are continuing to look for these two customers, and you're not going to believe how this all started. It started over, they were fighting over a can of gravy. I know that a friend of mine, actually, Philadelphia police captain James, Jim Kearney, had spoken out about this this week, giving us the update. They're just trying to get community support to turn in these suspects. Do you have a report on this, Anthony? Yeah, let's listen in. Here's the latest.
7: A verbal dispute with the store manager of this Germantown Save-A-Lot nearly turned deadly.
1: The store manager was attempting to remove a male and a female from the store.
7: watches as the security guard is able to disarm the woman wearing a black and white jacket after she produces a firearm. The man next to her is also restrained and appears to tussle with the store manager.
1: The male now withdrew a firearm from his person, pointed that firearm at the security guard who attempted to also defuse the situation and get the two out of the store.
7: Watch as the couple returns. This time, he pulls a gun again on the staff.
1: Demanded that the security guard give the female back her gun, which was unloaded at the time. He did. He gave her the gun back.
7: The video stops at the moment police say he pulled the trigger, critically wounding the store manager. He fired one time, hitting the 50-year-old victim in the face. It happened around 6.30 in the evening Sunday inside the Save-A-Lot on the 6300 block of 2 Avenue. Police say the suspects are traveling together and both fled into the apartment complex across the street.
3: So that's the latest. They're asking the public to come forward. As this, by all accounts, hardworking grocery store manager was shot in the face and is in critical condition, the grocery store manager's family says they don't know if he'll make it. Just another uh, tragic situation. And you think about the impact of this. Who wants to work at a store like this in East Germantown? And so the community coming forth against this kind of crime saying we want to catch these two these two suspects and we want to send the message of zero tolerance. We don't want this in this community. And they fear now that, in fact, their grocery store, one of the few grocery stores in their region, in, right in their neighborhood, maybe shut down because of this. We see this repeatedly. I know that in one of these stories, I believe the, the story earlier that I told you about, the two-year-old little girl with the mommy shot, um, Daniel Outlaw, the police commissioner, she did speak out about this and showed up last night on the scene. Mayor Jim Kenney tweeted out, Heartbreaking. That from your mayor, <laughs> Philadelphia. Was he Houston. drinking Prosecco? It's, it's, it speaks for itself, right? It, I mean, it, it's it, it's sickening what's happening. And thanks for the tweet, Mr. Mayor. That's about all we get. All right. We're going to continue. We have so, oh my goodness, there's so much breaking and so much developing. We want to get to all of it. And Anthony is prepared... So much for the show. So we'll get to all of it. Coming up in 21 minutes, Larry Menty, Emmy Award winning. And yeah, my husband. Um, he'll be up to talk to us about the race for 2024. Give us some fresh new analysis and his take. Does he think Trump will get the nomination for the 2024 POTUS run? And so we'll go through all the candidates and there's a pretty broad field And some names that, you know, we don't talk enough about. So uh, we'll get Larry's take coming up at 11 o'clock. You know, Joy Behar, I, I don't know how the view, I don't know who watches the view. I think the view exists for all of us to give us some fodder to make fun of. But Joy Behar, who used to be funny, talking about in such an insensitive way, talking about Ohio, which is a breaking news story where thousands of people are impacted, and in fact, we we had a town hall. In fact, yesterday on the Pennsylvania side, or not a town hall; it was actually a uh, Beaver County. It was a, a Senate meeting among Beaver County, Pennsylvania residents in a Senate hearing and meeting in uh, Harrisburg. As they're speaking out, saying, "Why isn't anybody talking about this on the Pennsylvania side?" And we feel forgotten. That's going on as well. So it's not just Ohio, but listen into. Joy Behar, Miss Grumpy Pants herself, listen in. No Lay down regulations for a second right,
7: because, because it right. seems to me that the Republicans are obsessed with this notion of the free market and they don't like a lot
2: of regulations because it means profit. We need to deregulate to yeah. get profit. But they, I know a Part of but, deregulation, so For example, we're the, workers, the, there were
7: which, very few plane crashes, thank God. And that's because the uh-huh. industry is highly regulated. We have to pay for regulations it, 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 and safety standards. The biggest, Otherwise, where are we? We're all going to go up in flames. Norfolk Southern gives as much to Democrats as Republicans. It's a very powerful yeah. lobby that is trying to block regulation. And this train, to Sarah's point, two miles long with two full-time employees and a trainee on it. This and they didn't even wipe need out to. An to. Entire,
2: <laughs> because, because the it. last administration rolled it down to only one <laughs> to <having> worker. <laughs> they happened to have but two. One thing I just want to say is I do think this was an unforced area
7: by president biden it was 20 days before we had secretary Buttigieg judge go down 10 days before he put out a statement acknowledging it yeah this is trump country he won by 40 points it, it, he won, he is a president for all americans i believe that but he needs to show Do that they, he is but this,
4: it was time for him to people i don't know why they would ever vote for him because for somebody who,
7: who by the way he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the epa's chemical safety office that's who you voted for in that district donald trump Listen to the
3: audience's reaction. He did. He showed
2: up at McDonald's and those voters yeah, saw do... something on the ground that yeah. probably it, resonates in a way that the they thing. need I, but to But they need to look past the photo of ops, course. these people, and <laughs> say,
3: who's doing the job? <laughs> how do you watch the <laughs> show? Oh, show? Now, the one down. who said, I can't, can you even take that? <laughs> so the one who, um, the one who's the newer view member is the supposed Republican conservative who said, you know, and thankfully she said something, but she doesn't like Trump. I know that much, but she did at least point out that this was a misstep. That we don't see the Biden, well, President Biden, who's been over in you know overseas for a week, but we don't see anybody from the Biden administration whose <clears throat> job it is that he's the Transportation Secretary, and he showed up early yesterday yesterday morning, like six seven o'clock in the morning, kind of slips in, and then and actually we have some of the sound. From a reporter who we, we learned her identity thanks to many of you who are so astute. This reporter, um, Hannah, who what is it? Hannah um or no, Savannah, I should say. Hannah is my niece's name. Who to this reporter who at least is asking some tough questions to first trying to get Buddha to answer some questions, then he sort of sneaks away, runs away, essentially. <laughs> right? But do you have that sound that I I sent that to you, Anthony? Yeah, it's, I have it. So let's listen in as they're trying to ask, or one person at least is trying to keep the Secretary of Transportation accountable. And when he doesn't answer, and you'll hear this, he he slips in and sneaks away, doesn't want to answer any questions. But the person whose job it is, and we the taxpayers pay her salary, uh, she listen just you gotta hear this, listen in.
4: Merkie, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to these Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city for for the the, the slow response? So the government's slow response do you have yeah, any I'm apology i press person i can go to you sure I'm I'm a sure, sure so can, can can we ask why it took him almost three weeks to get here I, i'm sorry i don't want to do this on camera
1: what was his personal time off while there was a tragedy he happening here
4: and can yeah. we also ask too why it uh, you know he waited until president donald trump came here to actually make an appearance this is a very important question that people he, across america I'm would like ha- to know i'm happy to have a conversation with you i do not want to be on camera well Please you put your pressure? cameras away. I'm why? Sorry, we're on a public area, exactly. uh, so we She's are allowed as press. I, I, you guys, I would like you guys to turn your cameras off. You're yeah, on, on my happy, camera.
0: Well, I'm on a con- camera. I would like your cameras to be off, and then I'm happy to talk to you guys.
4: Well, if you're the press secretary of the Secretary Thank of the Department you. of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that Absolutely. you serve? Absolutely.
0: I would like to do it without the camera on.
4: Can I ask why? I think
0: that it's a little bit aggressive.
4: Okay. Why, why, is why is it aggressive? It's on behalf of the American people, I'm just asking why he has not been here until Donald Trump She's came
1: She's asked him. She's asked him. several times for them to turn the cameras off and they will not do it. She has
2: been able to walk away. Would you like to go inside? I do not. I will walk this way.
3: So I will just tell you that I this is something if I were teaching a class in journalism as I've done at the college level as an adjunct professor, I would play this and say this right here, this is this is good reporting. Yep. She's doing a great job. And what I want you to hear is nobody else is is really backing up um, Savannah who's reporting on this, right? And and so why is that? And how is it that a taxpayer funded, this is a this is a government worker whose job title is spokesperson. So what's, what's up with that and why they're out? You see them. They're on a public street. This is not a restricted area. And there is no reason whatsoever that she should say, turn your camera off. And so the next question is, well, is it the camera? Did you not? You didn't what you didn't? Cause sometimes admittedly during, uh, Kale and company, <laughs> I, and was it's right say. At I feel, <laughs> you know, if she said, I apologize. I don't have my face on yet. I'll come back, and, and if you guys want, if there are some of you that want audio, I'm happy to talk to you about this. I apologize. We ran in. It's early early in the morning because, you know, I'm with uh, Mayor Sneaky Pete who's trying to sneak in this meeting and, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what was going on here. And so this idea, the audacity that an actual spokesperson who we pay, we pay this transportation secretary spokesperson's job, and she makes pretty good coin, by the way, we we pay her salary, and for her to say turn your camera off. Well, no, <laughs> no, you you don't you don't you don't dictate whether or not we turn our cameras off. We are on a public street, and you work thanks to the public dime. Well, and they so, don't think
5: that anymore. That's the, they literally think they they don't work for us anymore. That's the point that this it's is infuriating. At. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's absolutely everything is backwards in that sense, because like you said, they are a public servant. You are a public official. And her job specifically is to address the media for Mayor Pete. So I I just you know, it's absolutely insane that they think they have this privilege of just ducking every single tough question.
3: I want you to imagine if any spokesperson under any whether it's a a local level state state. Any municipality who has an R behind their name. Can you only imagine? And remember, uh, for example, remember Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. There were instances like this where he was, you know, the media tries to criticize him at every move that he makes. Can you only imagine if anybody under any Republican administration tried to shut down a person who's a legit or, or, or even a citizen for that? matter i don't care if you're a citizen journalism Mm -hmm. major or not even a major a broadcaster whether you are a citizen living there in east palestine ohio with your phone they're not allowed as a government authority to say turn off your phone i don't want to be on camera Well, why not are you ashamed are you ashamed to be on camera are you ashamed to represent the biden administration what's going on here clearly they were trying to sneak in the door And they were trying to avoid any media. That's what's going on here. And so what they were doing was trying to silence anyone who was asking legit questions. And they are indeed legit questions.
5: Well, could you imagine if DeSantis took this approach with the entire AP African-American studies drama that has been right. happening? If be he ripped. just claimed ignorance and acted like I don't have to answer this question or send his press secretary out there, he would be I mean, he already is being ripped for that. It would be to another level that I can't even comprehend. So you're, you're spot on with that.
3: But think about campaigns that were run out of basements, Right. The, think about this just take it from the microcosm and how infuriating it is. I'm serious, think about it and now think about a president who, whose voice you just heard
5: <laughs>
3: who ran from a basement and avoided many of the tough questions, and we as voters did not have all the information. Whether you think about all the information about um, whether he was perhaps you know fully fit mentally. To, to, to have this very tough job, right? He's for, for his age, for being an 80 year old, he's fit. And, and if he were at Rehoboth Beach and in, enjoying public appearances and so on and so forth, you'd say, wow, he's how fit and how great, how wonderful at 80 years young and healthy. But when you have this job, As President of the United States of America, just the travel, just every day, that job, you never have a minute off. I don't care if you're golfing or even if you're on so-called vacation. Every minute of that job, it's stress, stress. And that's why even some of the youngest presidents that we've seen, we always see their those before and after photos, right? You think about that. Even um, George W. Bush, who looked so youthful when he took office, and then you see the gray hair and the wrinkles and it just seems, oh, my goodness, look at how much they age. Remember President Obama? Every every president, we see that, right? Obama because
5: aged, really, I mean. All of them I, did, yeah, Anthony. Yeah, All true. of
3: them, because it is an incredibly stressful job, and it takes somebody who's fit, not only physically fit, but just that mentally you can handle the stress, the constant stress of this job. It's stressful. And so this was a, you know, president, who was allowed to hide in the basement and campaign from the basement. And let's look at Pennsylvania, and this was a critical race, and we always hear it's in our face that, you know, the Republicans lost this critical Senate seat, although my husband Larry Menty is going to have a take on what's upcoming in the Senate, and you might like what he says. But think about John Fetterman, who, and I've, I've been careful, you may notice, from, from day one because I have great empathy for caregivers, for people who have suffered something like a stroke or what have you, and I was conflicted on that as far as I, I don't ever want to make fun of anybody who's had a medic, a major medical episode. But what I can be critical is of the media, whether it's local or national media, who should have been and rightfully camped outside the Fetterman's family home and every day questioning, hey, this is somebody who's running for a critical job and we as Pennsylvanians, we had a right to see him even weeks. I mean, let's give it 10 days after that after that stroke. But remember, he was hidden. And even the news of the fact that, that he had suffered the stroke and even the news of how severe it was and that he required surgery because why? It was days, days before a critical primary election. And so the Democrats wanted this candidate. Why did they want him? because he was even way further left than Connor Lamb. And on the Republican side, we know who the Republicans wanted as well. So it didn't go well, I think, for mainstream voters in Pennsylvania, let's just say.
5: I don't think it went well for anyone. I mean, it's—and honestly, I I think I've said this before, I really, truly believe Fetterman was forced to run. I really do. I think the Democratic—after his stroke, I— the way that he's in a mental hospital now and, and just suffering the way he is, I mean, it's got to be hard on him, too. I mean, of obviously, course. none of us are happy about what's going on, but it's, I mean, really, that has to be a very difficult thing for him to be dealing with. All of his life, he's been working toward a political moment like this, and now he's literally incapable. I just, I really think the party held him against his will and said, dude, you're running. We need you. So it's, it, and honestly, it's, it's just unfortunate.
3: Speaking of that uh, senatorial race and primary, I've been texting back and forth with one Kathy Barnett. We, we know we love Kathy, so what has Kathy Barnett been doing in New Hampshire and Iowa? So um, we want to we want to get get with uh, Kathy and get the update from her as we go back and forth. But we know what happened to Kathy. Many of you outraged by that whole situation on the Republican side. To this day, I still say I think Kathy would have won that if if Kathy had been the candidate. I'm just saying. And I'll, and I'll say it till the day I die. Um, I think that, that that whole thing was a debacle. Uh, whether, whether to Anthony's point, and we've talked about this before, whether we think that the Democrats chose the most progressive, rubber-stamping progressive Democrat that was far to the left, or whether it was the Republicans, and I'm going to point that out too. And then we look at the leadership of the GOP in Pennsylvania, and we're hearing about the restructuring of that. We've got all of it covered for you. There is so much happening. We continue to cover that as we move forward. Larry Menti is up ahead, and we've got a lot in store as we reboot for the 11 a.m. hour, and we're going to take you everywhere to update you on what is happening this very busy Friday. And I just want to make sure that you remember, and I know Dom Giordano and uh, Big Dan, his producer, have been tweeting this out as well. They have an incredible, an incredible Must listen, noon hour beginning, and that is just an hour away. You're going to hear what nobody else is talking about, all of these candidates coming forth saying, we want to be your next leader into the next generation of who's leading our great city of Philadelphia. And, oh, my goodness, we need good leadership. We need not just quality leadership for a change, but we need high-quality leadership it's an important Dom Giordano show coming up in one hour. But five minutes away, Larry Menty and his great exclusive analysis just ahead.